0: One. Welcome back to the episode of AT Talks. I'm with the Brain Trust again. We're still doing the AT-ATS guide. This is episode five. and today's episode, we're going to be focusing on budgets, inventory, equipment, and things of that nature. So let's go ahead and get into it. Where we start? Oh, uh, if anybody hasn't seen the first four episodes, it's like a brand new AT or an early career athletic trainer, and they're just getting into their first job or their first couple months on the job, of their first year. So budget inventory, go for it.
1: Who's who's rocking big budgets here?
0: Paul, tell tell us about that big budget. Oh, Tony's in here. Tony's got a big old budget. Let's talk about that money.
1: Actually, uh, the the budget comes from, my budget comes from what I fundraise. So if I don't raise any money, which happened last year because of COVID, we got shut down. I don't have a dime to spend. So whatever my administration is willing to meet as a need, they they help me with it. But beyond that, um, we would host physicals We charge $50 a physical, and I hope to – if I can get 200 kids in the door and our doctors volunteer their time, it takes about four three hours to run 200 physicals, and I raise about $10,000 in a night. That's my budget for the next year. And from that, we – that's my exposable goods. I usually try and buy one ticket item each year and then mouthpiece materials and things like that.
2: Yes, um, we do – Yes, Walton is very privileged in regards to the budget that we have. Um, We are fortunate uh, with our partnership with our hospital uh, that we do receive an annual budget just from our hospital, uh, which is roughly about $10,000. So I do know, and that's why I don't speak on it a lot, because I do know we're very fortunate. But at the same time, as much as we're fortunate... reality is $10,000 is not a, net, a lot when it comes to medical supplies and equipment. It's really not. And that's, you know, when Paul says he buys one ticket item a year, you know, that still makes it challenging. So anyway, we do fundraisers as well. We try to uh, make more money uh, also through physicals. Uh, we do charge kind of, do we do a mass physicals, obviously with COVID this year, that didn't happen. So we, we lost on that, on that revenue. Uh, but to get the topic started, uh, one of the things when I came into Walton is I asked the former AT do you have any you know uh, invoices of last year's you know um, of of, of what you purchased I just wanted to kind of get a grasp of what items were purchased try to figure out when she purchased it you know what seasons you know how much they needed during fall season versus winter versus spring so I tried to grasp uh, on what happened on the previous years Uh, So I can kind of get a flow of things and also kind of get a flow of the need of things. So that would be my first thing. Uh, Secondly, I created my own Excel spreadsheet uh, just to start documenting what I was getting throughout the year uh, so that I had some data uh, to fall fall back on. So those would be, you know, to kind of get this conversation started, things that I did coming into my first couple of weeks of looking at inventory.
3: Yeah, I think um, I would agree keeping a spreadsheet of of what you buy and, um, you know, looking for previous resources are great ideas. Um, I have been in several different locations, several different uh, school districts, ones where if you need it, you buy it, you don't think about the money, and other places where, all right, you got uh, $3,000 and that's all you got, Um, make it work, and that includes tape, Um, so You know in your first year in your first position if you're just starting out use those resources ask what other people have done Don't reinvent the wheel if they've got invoices like Tony said use those Um, But then maybe keep a list throughout the year of hey I had to buy these in January because I didn't order enough in August um, And now I know for next year, but make sure you write those things down Um, Another resource uh, that I've discovered recently we have to uh, replace all of our uh, AEDs. We have several AEDs um, at the school district I work for right now. Um, and there are some that are in the building and they stay in the building for school during the day. They're managed by the nurses. And then there are some that are in the athletic training room to be distributed throughout the athletic fields in the afternoon. Um, and those are the ones that are getting old. They're just that we can't you know, fix them. We have to replace them. Um, and I've been getting a little bit of pushback on how are we going to finance this? So I started looking at uh, grants and believe it or not, there are a lot of scholarships, a lot of grants, um, you know, and this is, this is not loan money that you have to pay back or anything, but um, if you have, let's see, like one of the things that surprised me was, you know, firehouse subs, I don't know where you are in the country, but if you've got a firehouse subs near you, they have a grant program for emergency equipment. Um, sometimes it's for, you know, Lester, Uh, Smaller fire departments or ambulance rigs or whatever. Um, And if you want to write them and and fill out that form, I I could get ADs that way if I need to. Um, So if you have a limited budget, um, it may not be the end of the road. There's always other sources. You can, you know, this is the time to start talking to people on the school board. Get friendly with your um, PTA or, or look out in the community for those grant opportunities.
4: I didn't know about those grants like that. That's the firehouse sub one. We have one right down the street from the school. So I'm going to have to tell uh, our AT. It's been a little while since I've been full time in the high school. But um, one thing I always did when I first, I remember when I first went into this place and checked it out, first thing after you got to take inventory of what you have in general and just sort of look at everything you have and the things that you need. As ATs, I always feel, if we can't save a life, we aren't doing our job. So you got to make sure you have that AED, um, the tourniquet, the C collars, those things. I mean, that's going to be your primary thing. And listening to Tony and Paul over here with 10K budgets, um, yeah, we, we weren't rolling with that. I actually had a pretty high budget in Vegas. I get about 3000 a year at my school, and that was on the higher end in Vegas for ATs because ours came directly from our athletic departments and all of that. But with that kind of budget, um, I had to have kind. Of, I had to prioritize what items I thought were important and what I thought we needed. Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't buy a ton of tape. I'd and I'd buy like ten boxes for the entire year. Like that was that, that was a full year supply for me because I didn't tape kids for practice unless they were actively doing rehab, which when tell tells an athlete, Hey, you have to actively do rehab. They tend to not come back in for tape every day for practice. They just don't need it for games. I never cared. Hey, game day, come on in do that. But if they weren't doing it in practice, or like, if I'm not doing it in practice, why would I do it in a game? So that's to me, tape was, I don't want to say it's a waste of money because it is a valuable thing, but when you have limited funds, something that I'm going to put on for two hours, two and a half hours max, and then cut off and throw away to me, didn't bring value To that $3,000 I was able to spend. Um, So I was always looking at things, what am I going to be able to use multiple times over and over? I mean, if you go down in that athletic training room, pretty much all the non-disposable supplies were things that I purchased five, 10 years ago that are still there and still being used by athletes. So when I I would talk to my, um, we have athletic administrators that sort of make the financial decisions out here in addition to ADs. um, I'd say, hey, if we buy this now, we're going to have this forever. And they're like, okay, that makes sense. And that's sort of how I justified those some of the bigger ticket items. I'm like, hey, you know, we got that. Uh, One thing I would highly suggest people that are new to secondary school, talk to your person at the end of the school year too. Because a lot of times schools have money they have to spend. And a lot of times they don't know where to spend it. You're you're an option there when it comes to that. Um, so that, that's something you have to have a relationship with your AD or AA, depending on the situation that's going on there, and make sure that they know, like, hey, like put it in their head. These are things I want in order to move our sports med program to the next level. Like Tony always talks about, he's like, I'm building a program here. Well, that, that should be all of our goals. So um, that, that's stuff we need to know. Um, question I want to ask you guys though. um, like, you guys are talking about different seasons. Do you guys all make
1: multiple orders throughout the year? or Did you do one order for the entire year? I, I generally do one order throughout the year for the year. Yeah, I, I may fill it in with a few things here and there, but generally one big order.
3: Yeah. That's typically how I do it as well. And if I forget something or, or if I run out yeah. of something and, you know, misestimate it, then yeah, I'll go
2: back and redo it later. But, Usually just one. Yeah, see I, I make three orders out the year. I, I really uh it actually helps me save money. Uh because I when I talk about making that Excel spreadsheet, I really try to pay attention to the needs of each season. Um so I usually obviously go off my previous seasons, my previous fall seasons and I make that order. Um and if I like like they said, if I if I actually do run out of something, I'll go ahead and make that order. But um I don't I, I I, I, there's pros and cons to it both, but by me doing each season, it allows me to really cater to those season. and allows me to stay tight to the budget uh, for what, what the need is. So, um, and for example, if I end up, you know, coming out of fall season with, you know, three extra boxes of tape, I won't order any tape for the winter season. I'll just continue that through. And then I'll reevaluate when we get to the spring season on what I, what I may need. So uh, again, I, I definitely get both. There's some pros and cons to it all.
1: The other resource I would talk to a new uh, new athletic trainer is uh, get to know the people in your building, in your community. I've had uh, parents that are orthopedic doctors donate crutches and cam walkers from their office. Um, I had a parent who she was telling me her, her son had to go to physical therapy for his shoulder. He had tendonitis in his shoulder. I was like, I can do it here. She said, well, isn't it better if I pay for it? And jokingly, I said, you can cut me a check. She goes, really? Who do I make the check out to? And I was like, no, 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 really, I get paid to do this. And she goes, well, how about I make a donation to your program? And when she did, well, come to find out, she worked for, I believe it's Verizon. And Verizon will match a donation up to $1,000 for a nonprofit organization. So she donated like $500. They donated $500. There's four tables. So get to know your resources and, and everything in the area. The other one I would talk about is um, we have a tech design teacher who has a 3D printer, laser cutter, all that. And he designed and made foot pedals for our Gatorade coolers for our water. So we have touchless water. You know, knowing those resources in your building and who can build you a table, who can build you a, a whatever and go from there. And that saves a whole lot of money. You pay for lumber, you know, you pay $70 in lumber, save you five hundred dollars very important to
4: use the resources that your school has one of the best things i ever did was i drilled holes into our metal ice scoops so the water right. would drain out i don't know why that isn't a product for us but oh my god it made making ice bag so much easier so so much more fun but yeah you got to use those resources that your school has for you uh, how do you guys like
0: go ahead
3: uh, sorry, uh, maybe not in your first year, but, but um, further on down the road, if you have a chance to attend uh, trade shows or conferences, um, you know, go wander through that expo hall. Um, I mean, it's, it's awesome to look at the new cool toys and, and maybe dream about trying to, to afford those someday. But that's a chance to establish relationships with uh, certain vendors and, and certain dealers that if you put together an order in bulk, uh, they can cut you a deal on some stuff. Um, you know, because just looking through a Medco catalog or, or a sports health catalog, you can rack up a big number pretty quickly, um, but you can cut it down by, um, you know, sending out quotes to, to several places, um, trying to get the best price there, and then just, just developing a relationship with a, a local representative from those companies uh, that might be able to further help you, you know, get things on sale or, or just bulk it up and, and cut you a deal.
1: But there is a skill to that. Walking around the, the trade hall, I remember as a, an inexperienced professional, I'd come home from the, from the NAT conference every year with, like, two big bags of crap. And it would sit under my desk for a better part of a year, and I'd throw it all out. And then I'd do it again the next year. And, and, and you kind of learn that, you know, wait till the last day when they're packing stuff up, and, hey, you don't want to ship that home. I can could, I could take that off your hands, especially if they're where you can drive and you can throw this stuff in your car. Uh, one year it was in Baltimore. I drove to Baltimore. I got a, a sideline trunk for like a third the price. Cause I could throw it in my truck and bring it home. So working the deals right there where you can take it out of their hands and they don't have to ship it. it will save them shipping prices. You know, all those little tricks and, and the timing of when to hit them up. Um, there's a skill to that.
3: Yeah, for sure. That's, so that's how I could take sometimes. And a lot of, yeah, a lot of useless pamphlets, but yeah. sometimes some nice
2: supplies. So a question for y'all big budget, small budget, regardless, if you had ideal budget for you, what are some things that you think are key for, you know, uh, new ATs to be purchasing? What are some vital things?
4: Like I said, life-saving tools. Um, You need all your airway stuff. You need your C-collar stuff. Um, Our schools provided our AEDs. So that wasn't something that we, Actually had to purchase. Our school has three of those, so that wasn't something I had to worry about. But better have your CPR mask, better have your bv uh, bag valve mask, like anything that you can use to save a life. Like that, that has to be first before you purchase anything else in your room. Like if you have nothing else, you should be able to save a life. That that's our job. I mean that that I always say that needs to be what we focus on as our specialty. From there, everyone's going to have their own personality and their own style. I mean. I'm more of a hands-on kind of person. I like doing manual therapy when I'm working in the room. So some of the gadgets and tools, not, not as much my style. It might be nice if I have extra money left over. And God forbid I ever hear any of you ever don't spend the entire budget that you are given. You can always throw in some tongue depressors or some pen lights or something to get up to that number that you need to get up to. But yeah, do not leave any flipping money on the table. Like that all needs to be spent, whatever budget you are given, whether it's uh, the 600 Tom was talking about or the 10,000 Tony was talking about. You better spend every dime. And that was something I always, I always loved having Um, when I had my students from UNLV, when I was preceptor for them, I'd tell them, All right, make me a budget and you're going to sell it to my AA. I'd make them say, Hey, you need to justify this stuff. And tell them that. And that, that was always a good exercise for them to make them sit in the office and talk to them. My AA's like, do they know they're going to get everything they have on the list already? I'm like, no, they don't. So give them, give them crap, give them hell, and make them learn how to ask for it. Like you have to be willing to ask for it and say, Hey, this is stuff I need to do my job better to build that program.
1: But with that, you should be getting stuff, you know, how to use I, it, it, Like, like you Mark, it, infuriates me when I see people have these tools, that are great tools that are sitting on a shelf because they don't know how to use it or they're using them incorrectly. Know what you got, know how
2: to use it, and then you can expand from there. That's a very good point there, Paul. So, so I asked that too, because for me, I agree with you, Mark. Emergency equipment was my first thing. When I first got there, I'm like, ah, we're not adequate with splints. You know? Um, I didn't even say splints. Thank you for reminding me <laughs> on those. No, papers. no, That's but tough. I mean... Yeah. That that was the first thing I looked at. You know, When, when if y'all ever see my football sideline, some people think I'm overzealous and with all the stuff that I have. But for me, I want to make sure that I'm prepared for any type of emergency situation. And like Paul said, make sure that I'm trained to utilize those equipments when those emergency situations come. But that was the first thing. So, you know, crutches, splint bags, AED, all that stuff I think is important. The next step for me that I think has made a big First impression for me and my parents is also making sure that I have the acute care equipment. Mm-hmm. Now, Some people may look at, like I said, I'm talking ideal budget, but I'll purchase, you know, uh, a good amount of crutches. I'll get enough air cast splints. I'll actually purchase boots. Now we recycle the boots, right? Yeah. When the kids bring it back, we disinfect, we sanitize. I'm not getting a boot for every athlete. Uh, But again, I get all those things, ace wraps, compressions, because one of the things I've learned is when I package up the student athletes and I educate the parents and I send them home and the parents felt like, wow, not only did they educate me about what's going on, but they had all the equipment necessary to make sure that my kid goes home safely. It just makes such a big impression that when we have this follow-up care and i am continued to refer to the appropriate health care provider, I'll start talking treatment and so forth, parents are a little bit more open to listen to what we have to do because we started it off right. So if you have the budget to do so, I know for me in my practice, it has made a big difference in regards to my impression with my parents and student athletes.
4: Completely agree with you there. Always had the crutches, always had that. And one thing I actually learned, I learned the school nurses in our district aren't allowed to give kids crutches or slings and kids would always bring them back to the school nurse. So that's where that relationship with the school nurse, Like she's like, Hey, you have crutches down here. Right? I was like, yeah. She's like, she opened up a closet door and there was like 20 crutches. I was like, so like, you want these kids just bring them back to me after they're done using them. And I, I just, they just take up space. And I am like, heck oh. like, yeah. Heck yeah. Cause she hands, like all this random stuff. And I was like, I didn't know y'all were getting this and again it's just using those school resources you know, we are talking about a little bit earlier.
1: One other thing I want to talk about before we run out of time here is uh, when when looking at what you need to purchase, well what is your responsibility versus what is the responsibility of the teams. So water cows and water coolers, I don't drink from them. I, they shouldn't come out of my budget. The football team needs water cows? Football team buys water cows. And if they want me to take care of them, okay, that's a different story, but that shouldn't come out of my budget. Talk to your teams. Um, we, I make custom mouthpieces out of our athletic training room in conjunction with our team dentist. Um, I wanted a new machine. I don't wear the mouthpieces Our football players, lacrosse players, both boys and girls and field hockey players. They help buy that machine because it gets their athletes better mouthpieces communicate with your coaches. They can, they can fundraise better than I can. They've got 150 football players where it's just me and my partner. They can fundraise better. They Use some of their funds if they're willing to work with you.
3: That's a great point because uh, uh, tape can be a huge part of my budget, but sometimes I have teams that buy their own tape. And yeah, I'll store it in my athletic training facility and, and yes, you know, it'll, be, it'll be available to you whenever you're there, but it doesn't have to come out of my budget.
2: Agree, our football team wants all our starters taped before every varsity game and I'm perfectly okay with doing that as long as they purchase the tape and we so on Friday nights we're taping up about 30 35 guys a night. Uh, but again, our, our football program is the one purchases the tape for that to happen.
3: Going back to uh, the durable equipment sometimes um Sometimes it's a stretch, but if you can, um, I like to go bargain hunting. Like if you have a, a very small budget and, and there's just no chance of buying those, those boots or crutches or whatever this year, garage sales, Goodwill, whatever, as long as you can ensure that it is equipment that is still usable, that is, is you know sound and, and will not break down or whatever, you can get those for really cheap too.
0: And what I would also recommend for the low budget athletic trainer is uh call up the people in your your region, your other athletic trainers. You know, you know, Paul's been somewhere for twenty five years and he's had a nice budget and I'm sure he's got a couple extra pair of crutches he doesn't necessarily need, or an extra boot, or an extra pull socks, or an extra blood pressure cuff, or an extra something. Like, hey, I got thirty coolers, I only need ten coolers, so here's a five gallon cooler, and you're like, sweet, five gallon cooler, thank you very much, Paul, I appreciate that. Like, I've done I've done a lot of that. I walked in, no crutches. Um, a school gave me a wheelchair. I had used it in a year and a half, but it's there. <laughs> I was like, I'll take that. Throw it in the car. Let's go. But the and other
1: thing was means- the other thing with knowing who's in your community though, if you're a single school district, neighboring school district, neighboring school district, neighboring school district, get together and create a spreadsheet and create your bid off of that. The more you're going to order, the lower your bid prices go. So work together as a group and bid, bid for lower prices.
4: So, yeah, that would be an interesting one. I don't know if we could do that in Vegas necessarily because we actually had a rule where if we wanted to buy it directly from the school, we had to keep orders under a $1,000. So I could do $3,000 orders at the same time. They just all had to come out to $1,000. I don't know if I could do that match in schools. That's a really good idea, though. Um, piggybacking off Tom, make sure if someone get, like, if a kid came to my school and I gave them crutches, like... Say Tony's school came over to my player. One of his players got hurt, hurt their ankle or something. I gave gave them crutches to use. Be a good human and get the crutches back to the, where they came from. I mean, just, just get them back. Like take care of other people's people and take care of. Make sure you're paying that back towards them. Like hey, if Tony gives one of my kids crutches, like, hey, give me those crutches. and bring those back to Tony here. Just make sure. Just just keep that keep that civility between ATs. Let's be good people here and uh, make sure because because everyone's budget is different and. Maybe school A doesn't have the money for extra crutches. So it's like, hey, if they're giving them to you, make sure you get that kind of stuff back. That's just something I always, that, that always kind of bugged me when people would not give me stuff back that I gave to their kids.
3: Ideally, they'll turn back and, and uh, take care of you when you need it too. You know, that's the bonus.
2: And the things I want to emphasize, we got two minutes left, but the things that I heard today was grants. One of the things I heard today that I think is very vital for people who have slim to none budgets, try to find grants. Uh, And I want to actually highlight Alejandra because if anybody knows about her sportsman Mm -hmm. program, I mean, she's a grant grant white girl and her program looks amazing. Uh, Secondly, uh, it looks like community resources, right? Fundraising. So, So secondly, yeah, fundraising. And outside of that thirdly would be your community resources. People who may be willing to donate money or, Have things, you know, or also maybe looking at your surrounding colleges who are looking to get rid of some stuff. Think about your resources. So those are the three things that I would think about. Grants, fundraising, and your community resources uh, will be vital in trying to find ways to build your budget.
1: Including resources in your building. What teachers, uh, home ec, uh, shop class, things like that. Um, Is a football coach, an electrician, or a carpenter be willing to build something for you?
0: Yeah, and if, uh, if your school gives you a bunch of keys and uh, test those keys out, open up them doors, you never know what you might find. Like this, this winter, I found like four BOSU balls and a spine board, like in the upstairs gym and behind the door, and they in the racquetball court no one uses. And I was like, cool, I'm going to repossess these because they're sports medicines. So just start opening things. You never know. You might find a box of tape. You might find a cooler. You might find an ice chest. You might find a pair of crutches. All yours. Okay, hey, thanks for coming on. We're going to get kicked out. I appreciate it. Have a great Sunday and I'll talk to you guys in the future.